Big business. This is the Scum and Snake Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. Whoa, what a week. This is a, a little bit of a late one, but we still made it for you guys. Yeah, a little late uh, in the week, but like Scum said, still made it for you guys. You guys are always in the forefront of our minds, and we're here to provide you with top-notch service and content for your fantasy football needs i'm excited i think there's one team in training is it just the raiders that are in training camp right now uh i thought i read that the raiders all rookies veterans everybody's in training camp and then everyone else is going to start gearing up this weekend going into the next week so this is this is it folks Finally, no, yeah, I said, I don't know, I don't know, because I thought more were in camp, but no, we're about at that time. We're going to get some good stuff soon, news wise. We're probably going to get some ridiculous things too. You know, there's always the, the camp guys that are like killing it, that haven't, you know, dropped a pass, that are just blowing everyone away and they don't do anything after being our preseason sleepers. But I love this time of year, especially just with the anticipation of the actual season starting. Yeah. In, I mean, I'm just bracing for the injuries for the, the rookies that aren't good or whatever it may be. And everyone's going to either start panicking or start salivating and start getting their draft boards ready for either redrafts or dynasties. I mean, this is what we all live for and what we're all ready for. And I've uh, been uh, waiting for it for months and months and months. And I know we say it every week, but boy, this is uh, this is a good time to uh, be get excited for football, that's for sure. What's kind of funny though is you mentioned injuries, and I, you know, me, ever the optimist, I didn't even think about those. But hopefully this year we like turn the injury sliders all the way down. We don't get any because last year was just crazy. It was, so it was crazy last year. But speaking of, you know, news and stuff, I've got, I've got a nonsense minute question for you that should be pretty fun. And it's related to the news about Leonard Fournette, mm-hmm. Bucks running back, you know, college stud, someone that you and I both were like big fans of. What we're not fans of is a running back coming in, weighing in at 260 pounds. Golly, that's a uh, that's I mean, there's that's got to be like defensive end material right there. That's like, uh, yeah, nose. T- well, no, that'd be a small nose tackle, but yeesh, I don't even. It's Eddie Lacy territory, which is bad news bears. Man, the guy was, I mean, was he just, con- I mean, I understand, but at that point, when you get to 260 and you're just you're a professional athlete, you've got a bunch of money, you're eating good in the neighborhood all day long, how do you report to camp and then they say, okay, you got to drop 30 pounds? How do you even do that? I guess as a professional athlete, about a week, week in in, in training, it'll you'll probably shed. Yeah. You go mentioned going from eating like all your favorite foods and, and sweets and, and all of that, and then just immediately going to like chicken or rice for four times a week a day for like a month. Like how can that would be such a drastic change, even being a professional athlete, or I'd be like, man, that would be depressing. Yeah, no, I can't imagine it because I don't do it, and that's why I'm not fit. (laughs) But anyway, uh, the question is, in honor of Leonard Fournette, Schneek, who is your favorite big fat guy in pop culture? You know, you've got your uh, Nelly Professors. You've got your, uh, I don't know, Peter Griffin, if you're a Family Guy fan. you you got lots to choose from. you got a Shallow Howl. Okay. You got Gwyneth Paltrow from Shallow Hall, I mean. So who who's your favorite big old fat guy? All right. Uh, probably, not probably. I mean, high up there is Chris Farley. Mm, yep. Um, I got a little coat. Uh-huh. I mean, classic. Oh gosh. Like, just made a career being the fat, funny, uh, physical comedy guy. I mean, Almost Heroes is an absolute gem of a movie. Uh, the guy is just hilarious. That's the first guy that came to my mind when he said that. Uh, never, never really been like a Family Guy guy. Oh, big, big. Oh, no, that's a good one. Yeah, weird me. story, but a weird memory. One of my, like, one of the movies I remember like seeing first in my life, one of my earliest memories, is Beverly Hills Ninja. 
I don't know why, but I remember seeing it and thinking he was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Freaking classic, dude. What about you? I was going to go with, you know me, Festive's Come. I was going to say Tim Allen, Santa Claus. Ooh. But now, now when you like bring up uh, regular people, not nah, still Tim Allen, Santa Claus. Yeah, that's great. That scene where he just like grows the beard and the belly like overnight and uh, just puts it on like that. I mean, that's what probably Leonard Fournette's and hoping that's exactly what will wake up one day, first day of training camp, gets on the field and it just literally melts off of him. But that is a troubling report. And we've had those in the past with skilled players or even just any player. And it just doesn't seem to be good. So I would everyone keep your eyes on that Tampa Bay backfield, see what's going on there. If, if anything, he's going to have. You know, he was a pretty viable, good fantasy option last year. Had mm-hmm. tons of opportunity, all the work. But if he can't put that together, then maybe there's a little bit of skepticism with that Tampa Bay backfield in terms of fantasy and what you maybe either want to find yeah, else or if you want to just run the risk and maybe they'll, he'll drop 20 pounds and then he'll turn into just like maybe short yardage goal line guy and we'll try to develop. Maybe it'll be more geo this year. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> well, we talked about Rashad fun, White last week too. So yeah, fun question. Uh, we all enjoy can abide in fatness from time to time, but we are not NFL running backs, and it's not good. True. Tell us about your favorite fat guy, or could be your favorite fat running back. Mine would be oh, of course, Mike Tolbert. Oh, yeah, that's that's you through and through. I know Hesse is going to say Mike Allstock. <laughs> I don't know if that's fair, though, because I don't know if Mike Allstock was actually ever fat. He's just huge. He's just huge. Yeah, that's a good point. He was just an absolute monster. I'm just looking him up right now. Jeez Louise. And then that that neck thing that he wore to didn't, didn't help. The neck roll bar or whatever it's called. Man, fullbacks used to be so over. Cool. I mean, Mike Allstock, he said he wasn't fat. What are the... Man, are there just every running Mike Mike Bell, Mike Gillisley? Was Mike, Mike Davis? Man, there's a ton know. of running backs with Mike in their name. Let's just uh look at this for Michael Robinson, the new guy. Um shoot, Mike James. I don't know. Slow anyway. Michael James. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell us your tell us, call in, email, uh, send us a fax. Um, who your favorite fat running backs were from days of old or current? Is there any current fat, really good running backs right now? Mm, I don't know. Do we count AJ Dillon? Mm, I guess I wouldn't. I, would, I guess I would put him. He's actually like buff. Just being a monster buff guy. Fat. I don't think he is actually fat, but in my head, Ramondre Stevenson's kind of fat. He's like we talked about last time. You have something in your head, yeah. A, a player, and no matter how often it's disproved, you're just like, no, no, that's a fat guy. Like in my head, he's just this round bowling ball, even though he's like super fast, super good. Obviously, not fat, but maybe it's his name, Ramondre. It's a fat name. Mm-hmm. Brandon Jacobs was just a big running back. Again, not really fat. Man, fat running backs. Fat, fat. I guess you're not really fat when you're running back, so it does not bode well for Leonard Fournette. <laughs> it's our point here. <laughs> <I think>. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking about being um, big, speaking about being maybe like unsuccessful, mm-hmm. let's get into everyone's favorite new segment, Tank Facts. Tank Facts. Tank Facts. All day tank facts. I got a tank fact for you this week, Shanique. Are you ready? I'm ready. This week's fact is about David Lee Abbott, better known as Tank Abbott. (laughs) One of the (laughs) pioneers of mixed martial arts, you know, uh, early on UFC uh, icon, you'd probably say, one of the more well-known guys. But my tank fact about Tank Abbott is, did you know that he actually is also a published novelist? He wrote a book titled Bar Brawler. What the, I love that Tank fact right there. That is an amazing one. 
you know, tanks, you know, they sometimes they can write, they almost write themselves, right? I'm sure he had a lot of autobiographical information as a bar brawler, right? But so um, what I'm saying is tanks, they tell their own story. They just kind of manifest when, when it's tank time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's, uh, I love that two-pronged tank back there. Uh, we're kind of, you know, this segment uh, is going to be a scummish neat classic. I want everyone to hold on to your butts as we go through our tank facts throughout the whole year. Scum, my tank fact of this week is going to be about septic tanks. Mm. Now, did you know the recommended time frame to get your septic tank pumped is every two to five years. It's recommended you get in there, suck out all the sludge, get all that crap out of there, get it all cleaned up. And ironically enough, I would say that's the same timeline for fantasy football dynasty players for when they should start to look at a possible tank. Get in there every two to five years, get out all the crap on that team, start afresh. Yeah, that sounds right. You know, like after, you know, two to five, so like a four year run, maybe it's time to, to get in that tank, flush out the team. And like you said, start new, start clean. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. So everybody's listening, whether you're in the LV Dynasty, uh, Fantasy Football League, or any other Dynasty League, and you've been in that realm of two, three, four, five years of being, you know, kind of good playoffs, you know, finishing first, second in the league, or like a scum who's just been running through championships forever. If you're in in that category of people, of teams, and you're looking at should I start fresh? Should I trade away assets? Maybe get some picks. What should I do? Just think back to take back to scum and sneak and your household septic tank needs to be flushed every two to five years. Maybe you should flush out that fantasy football team every two to five years as well. But make it feel good, fresh, start new. And uh, that's my tank back for you for this week. What's funny is kind of totally not off topic, but derailing even more when you did your did genoo part that you should get it flushed every two to five years. Actually, I did know that because I was just looking at it because our toilets have been kind of weird. And it's because our theory is that our freaking maid has been putting uh, paper towels down the toilet. No, I think that's what Michaela said. She saw some like, bits that didn't look like toilet paper so we're gonna have to doctor (laughs) yeah that's not good and if you really want to divulge even further on this pod we need to talk about the fact that you have a maid i mean (laughs) maid cleaning service what what i guess that's a less derogatory term i don't know we got a cleaner okay can't be doing my own cleaning i sure hope they're wearing the the maid out but anyway anyway let's move on anyway let's move on to well we do have a fun topic for you guys today i think it'll be really valuable for fantasy overall redraft dynasty best ball whatever you're into these days uh but first we've got an ad from one of our favorite sponsors this week's episode of the scum and sneak show is brought to you by yours truly and your favorite company sneak inc A new venture as we do every year, we always try to keep our hands in different pockets. This year, Sneak Inc. brings you home loans. That is right. If you're in the Montana area or even the Nevada area and you're looking for a home loan, look up Sneak Inc. That is your boy doing home loans for the western part of Montana and all of Nevada. Anything that you need, Come to me, I will give you money. You will buy a home that you can set up a nice area for all of your fantasy football needs. Sneak Inc. is now doing home loans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're back. Thank you so much to Sneak Inc. Again, one of our favorite sponsors and we've got people with lots of connections to that Montana area. So definitely go hit the West Las Vegas Eureka branch for Sneak Inc. I want oh, to actually yeah. name who it is, but 
Yeah. I mean, that's not the real company, but you get the gist. Yeah. I mean, they, if they want to, they can pay us to say their name if they want. You love yeah. them. But anyway, <laughs> fun topic today, like I mentioned before, before the break. And it's something that you and I have kind of come around to both just on our own. It's not something we've really talked about uh, too in depth prior to that, but just something that has been pretty successful in fantasy and especially, I think, in best ball league. So again, those are growing in popularity. People are, you can just do a best ball draft. Like you can do like 10 in a row, you know, for, for some of those sites and try to win those tournaments, whatever, but they are fun. Uh, but I think in, in redraft in dynasty two, they can be really valuable just because when you get high level stacks that we're going to talk about, you can really maximize just your roster, the points you get each week. Um, obviously, you know, you, you can't stack like, low offense, low producers, like no one's going to be that excited about like a, a Mac Jones, Devonte Parker stack, right? Like that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about guys that are like more often than not, you're going to get that touchdown from the quarterback to the receiver or tight end, mm-hmm. you know, 17 point play right there, the potential for it to happen again in the same game. Like it's just, just money in the bank when you can have one of those high end stacks. Yeah, I love a good stack, uh, and we're going to talk about some of the best stacks uh, in the NFL and specifically just for this year coming up. But I agree with you. It's always fun draft day, whether you're in a dynasty team and you're trying to find that second piece to a stack, or if you're in a redraft, you're focusing on maybe I can get myself in one of these during the draft process. It's always fun because, like you said, when that hits in a game or multiple times a game, whether it's for a big touchdown or just racking up the yards, those points double up on you and it just is such a fun feeling and you every week at least I know you and I feel this way every week you're like well I've got the whatever whatever stack if that hits once I'm just going to be that much more ahead of the game that week and it's super fun so let's get into what we deemed our top five stacks now I went scum I went with what I think projected for this year alone not necessarily historically some of them will come up as historically um, possibly but I think for me the biggest thing was what I see for this year specifically okay yep that's exactly what I did too so you want to go first all right I'll go first Uh, my number five best stack going into this year is going to be the Joe Marchero stack oh okay Joe Burrow Jamar Chase Blew up on the scene last year. Chase, we all know, had an amazing, insane rookie year. Uh, I have him at number five because I do believe there's going to be a little bit more T. Higgins, a little bit more Tyler Boyd, and a lot more Mixon, even though Mixon was amazing last year. Uh, I think there'll be a little bit more balance there. So I, it's still a top five stack. It's going to be amazing. You know, they're going to connect on big scores and whatnot. But for me, the number five going into this year, top stack. Uh, is the is Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase? I'm excited. Uh, to, I I think I, I don't even think I, I'm I'm predicting that there's going to be a, a fall back a little bit on Jamar Chase, but not enough to where anyone needs to worry. Obviously, so that's why I have them five miles. Yeah. Do you want to just go ahead and say the rest of your list? I'll say mine because we'll, there's going to be overlap for sure, and then we'll uh, then we can talk about too if there is any differences. Got it. Yep, so my number uh, four stack, and then this one probably might draw some, draw some ire of the league and our listeners, but I think we'll also, uh, it's just a fun one for me, is Dak and Dalton Schultz. Oh, okay. Going on the limb here, Dalton uh-huh. Schultz had a banner year, career year last year, didn't get his contract playing on the franchise tag this year. I think they just piggyback off what they did last year with the departure of Mari Cooper and the slow run up of Michael Gallup this year coming off the injury. Dak is going to have to lean on his tight ends. Donald Schultz proved to be a, a, a good touchdown target and a decent middle of the field guy. I think that just grows as a potential to maybe even double this year. I would, I'm expecting Dak and Dalton to combine for at least 10 touchdowns and probably getting Dalton Schultz close to that thousand yard mark because of the way that Cowboys offense is going to be structured, at least to start that first half of the year. I think it's going to be uh, really, really exciting. And that's where I have Dak and Dalton Schultz as my number four stack going into this year. Obviously big Dak guy, loving, uh, and I'm trying to find that player outside of CeeDee Lamb that's going to be 
uh, good for the, the the Cowboys, and that is Schultz for me. Yeah, I like that uh, because I did think you were going to say CD there because obviously without Amari Cooper, it's and without Michael Gallup, even it's clearly going to be like CD Lamb number one target. But I like that you went with Dalton Schultz because he was good last year. He's the I would say the clear number two target at least for for Dak with their shared history and something that I'll talk about later is with the tight end position being so shallow you can really take advantage of a quarterback tight end stack just with those two positions kind of being you know they're those positions that you have only one of typically on each roster and when you can create separation like against your opponent who don't have a, a maybe as good of a quarterback or as good of a tight end. I think that's pretty valuable. So I like that. All right. So yeah, I, I keep divulging into my explanation. So I'll just list them out and then we can, you list yours. We'll pop, we'll kind of run back and talk about my number three stack going into this year. Again, going to be probably screamed upon, but it's Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll talk, I, I want to talk about it. But we'll talk about it later. My number two stack. Uh, and I, again, this is this could fail, but it's the Russ Wilson Portland Sutton stack. I'm really high on it. I'm excited to see what that could be. And then my number one stack, this is going to be historic, and this is going to be even more than what we've seen in the past because of what that offense did this offseason. Mahomes and Kelsey regains the number one stop spot if they've even lost it in the first place of the number one stack because Mahomes is not going to be with Tyreek Hill. Kelsey's probably going to have 20 or 200 targets this year, which is just going to lend itself to being the number one stack in the league. All right. I definitely want to get into the yours, but mine are a little more chalky, probably a boring, but number five, I went with Matt Stafford and Cooper cup. Okay. And we, we'll talk about them. Uh, number four, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs. Ooh. Number three, maybe a surprise, Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. Okay. Two is the dynamic, the, the long, what I considered you know, the previous top spot, Mahomes-Kelsey stack. Okay. And then at number one, you're number five, but I put Joe Marturo at number one. And probably because I'm biased from what happened last season, but again, the top spot because of that. You talked about them a little bit, so I'll just kind of wrap up. I I do hear you on a little bit of regression. Uh, I think, and I mean, not regression is the right word, but I think a little more balance, I guess, or more involvement from other pieces. But because of Jamar Chase's big playability, because of the relationship they've had throughout, you know, their pro careers and in college, I just think that they'll be fine as a stack, right? Even if um, they don't score a little bit. I mean, I think like Jamar Chase is still going to be a, a top five likely wide receiver. Joe Burrow is going to be top 10. If even that might be a little low. So um, I think it's one of those cases where me putting them at one, they might not finish at one or however you want to say, like they finish at one most points or whatever, but they're like the safest, like, uh, you know, they're going to have a connection. You know, they're going to have blow up games. So that's why I put them at number one. Uh, yeah, I like that. I want to talk about your number four stack, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Let's do it. Because it didn't even cross my mind. Out of your group, that's the one I will disagree with the most because I think Josh Allen is just too dynamic on his own with the rushing, and he's proven to be a, a big distributor of the ball to other players. Gabriel Davis is coming on the scene very, very strong in the last year two definitely going to be a big focal point in that offense i like dawson knox on tight end there they have tons of running backs and like i mentioned with allen being the runner they they have had a, it is a good it is a good stack i just don't i don't predict it to be a top five stack because of those reasons prove me wrong explain tell me tell me why i'm wrong <laughs> yeah well for me it i think that i'm looking up the stats right now but stefan diggs had I think what seemed to be like a down year, but only I think that's only in relation to him being drafted as like the third or so receiver off the board, but he finished wide receiver seven had 163 targets 
Mm-hmm. Um, over a thousand yards, ten touchdowns, like great year. And I think that I don't know. I think he'll just kind of bounce back and be at the top level again. I, probably me just kind of having faith in that Bills offense. I hear you on the Josh Allen like rushing, but I don't know if if it necessarily means that or what I don't know is I don't know if he'll necessarily distribute the ball a little more to Dawson Knox, to Gabe Davis. Um, I think Diggs is still clearly like the best player and the best receiver that they have and someone that can separate, get open whenever. So I just, again, it's one of those like, yeah, maybe they don't finish high. They don't have like the, the ceiling finish, but I think it's safe where you're like, these two are going to connect plenty of times, have huge games together. Again, the, the Bills offense is just one that I buy for sure. So that's probably why uh, I included them above some of the other like high upside ones. Like the one that I really liked on yours that you had number two was Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton. I am also high on that stack. You know, the only reason I didn't include them in the top five is I just had other names that I liked a little bit more, but I have no problem with them being in your top five or even as high as two, because I think that connection is going to be super good this year. So tell me why you were so confident in them to put them at two. The biggest reason why I put them at two is because I'm predicting that this is going to be, I'm at, I'm predicting that this is going to be almost more of like a one year style stack. That's just going to blow up almost kind of like what you saw from Burrow and Chase last year. Russell Wilson coming in there. They've got a ton of weapons. Portland Sutton is probably going to play that DK role that, you know, that X receiver big down the field, you know, bombs, you know, the, the moon ball, the, the goal line. And with Russ coming in the Broncos, everything is just going to be, everything is being changed about him, about his arm, about that passing game. I think opposing defenses, it's going to take them a little bit of time to understand what this offense is doing new than what it hasn't been doing in the past with the locks and the Bridgewaters and everything in the past. I think Judy will have an okay year. Patrick will probably maybe even supplant Judy as that number two. But I think just overall, the Russ Sutton stack is going to be just extremely dynamic because they're bringing in, it's like everything is just changing and it's going to take a year. Usually we see that it can take a year for teams to adjust to that new role on the defensive side, kind of what we saw with Chase coming in as a rookie. And I think Chase is obviously better than Portland Sutton, but Portland Sutton to me proves to be the best option, receiving option in that offense. I think Russ comes in there and just absolutely hones in on him and they build that rapport very quickly and it's going to take some time for defenses to adjust to that. So I just think I just can I am predicting major, major games where Cortland Sutton coming up with two, three touchdown games or 150 yard games, two scores are just extremely dynamic. And uh, you know, I've already predicted that Russ is going to go off for what seven touchdowns week one. Mm-hmm. It's just going to keep going from there. I'm not saying this is going to become a historical stack. But I think this year alone, I'm just I'm really high on that whole offense. And I think specifically Russ Sutton is just going to just come on the scene like gangbusters and the league is just going to be like, okay, what do we do? It's going to be too, uh, too late for that stack to become a non top five uh, type of thing. I'm I'm pretty much predicting it as a one year wonder at this point until we see it. But I think it's just going to be it's just going to come on way too strong. And I'm just and I'm for whatever reason. With all of those reasons, and I'm just I'm so excited to see what that offense can do, and it's going to be centered around those four. Yeah, no, again, I'm I'm a believer in it. I, you know, I showed that for like a few day stretch that I was all in on it. <laughs> you were all in for like 48 hours, and you're like, wait a second, uh, flush out the septic tank. <laughs> but um, I guess thinking about it a little more and hearing you talk, you brought up how there's usually like an acclimation process and that's probably why they leave them off just because all of the ones that I listed we've seen they have a historical like strong connection we just haven't seen any games of the Broncos yet to say like definitively that it's Russ and Cortland Sutton like I believe that is going to be the thing I predict that but maybe it is Judy maybe it is Tim Patrick whatever or maybe it is just 
spread out pretty evenly. So that that's why I had tempered expectations to put them on my list. But again, super agree with you overall. Back to my uh, my idea of ranking these guys safely or these stacks safely. What did you think about my uh, Matt Stafford Cooper Cup inclusion? Just yeah, whatever, blah. Like, sure, it's a good one. For whatever reason, that one didn't come into my mind as a stack. Uh, even though obviously last year, Cup, Cup the number one receiver, Stafford. I don't know where he finished, but they were they were insane last year. We all know that. Not that this was the reason why I didn't think of it, but now that I'm thinking about it, I just want to. I'm I'm super high on Allen Robinson this year. Yeah. I think his career just gets completely resurgence there in LA. Uh, Cam Akers is clear cut number one running back. I expect him to be a huge part of that offense, uh, and whatever else receiver they may add or not add or whatever have. And I just I don't think. I guess it sounds foolish to say they're not going to repeat what they did last year because they were absolutely insane last year, but. I guess the biggest reason why I'm saying this now is because of the Allen Robinson saying what we talked about whatever last week, two weeks ago. I don't think it necessarily takes too much away from Cup, but I guess it, in my mind, it takes enough away to where, in my mind, they're not a top five stack. Uh, it just doesn't feel, it just doesn't feel stack like to me, I guess. Maybe that's when we talk about with players like, oh, that's a fat guy or that's a small guy. Like, for whatever reason, it doesn't feel like a stack to me. It doesn't feel like people are out there targeting Stafford and Cup as a stack to me. I guess that's probably the second reason, other than that I'm really high on Allen Robinson's here. Just it doesn't, just not grabbing me as like that is a clear cut stack. Like you used to want, like to me, Stafford and Calvin Johnson back in the day was a stack. Yeah, yeah. It, just, it doesn't feel like a stack uh, for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe I'm just sounding ridiculous, but that's I guess that's why I like that you brought it up, obviously you, it, it's, if they do what they did last year, then it, it it's a certifiable, amazing stack quarterback receiver stack that you should be definitely on your radar. And these players should definitely be players that get drafted and are, are amazing and should not think that they're going to fall off at all. But it just doesn't strike me as a stack. And I'm going to say stack about a hundred more times to where the word just loses all its meaning. Stack, 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 stack. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I hear you. It, it's a boring one for sure. And I do, I do agree that obviously Cooper Cup could not have the same season he had last year. So that does bring it down. Um, you know, I just believe in the breakfast connection, right? Like that was the whole storyline last year. Like they're, they're good buds and they work really well together, obviously. So I think maybe, yeah, we don't see a repeat of, of Cooper Cup season this year, but I think we see still a strong um, connection out of those two. And what I liked, what I was trying to do with that spot was all of my other stacks that I listed, like you're going to have to pay up in a draft to get them. Mahomes, Kelsey, those are like, what, two out of your first three round picks. Um, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, like four out of the first five, whatever. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, like two of the top three, but you can get Stafford probably pretty late after taking Cup in like the first round, so um, kind of becomes a little more affordable. And I was I was trying to find that angle, but you know, if you were to ask me like, should I remove Cup and Stafford for Sutton and Wilson? I'm like, yeah, yeah I probably should. So my bad, I guess, but. No, that I love that point that you make with the fact that you can get Stafford probably what six to eight to round there. So you can get cut if you're if you're you're like I'm gonna get the, I'm gonna get Cup. I don't care about any possible regression. I'm going after him as my number one pick. Boom, you get Cup. Then you could get that stack after you've gotten a couple of the running backs, receivers, and kind of solidify that later in the round or later in the draft. And yeah. I, I love that you bring that up because that kind of is the same thing I thought about with the Fields Mooney. Yes, exactly. You could probably get both of those guys late. That, like I said, exactly. We're on the same page there. That's why I love that one when you said it because it's it's probably the best. Yeah, I'll say it's the best cheap stack that you can do this year. Yeah. Um, there's some risk for sure, uh, especially for those people that aren't believers in Justin Fields, but like, if the if that hits, in addition to whatever you got in earlier rounds, like that is, that's ideal. I think like if 
if you're brave enough to, to commit to that, um, you're going to have a lot of success in fantasy for this season, for sure. Yeah, uh, exactly the reason why I put that there. And it's obviously, I, maybe you could call it a stretch for uh, the number three stat going into this year. But like what you just mentioned, when it hits, that's just, in my opinion, that type of a hit is going to be weak winners day weekly, whether you're in a dynasty or you're in a redraft or, you know, we're talking stacks here. I don't want to go too far into them individually, but we're, you know, we're primarily a dynasty show talking dynasty. The the owners, you know, I have fields, Matt has, I think Matt saw Mooney. Who? Uh, but it's if you play who talk, what what league manager are you talking about? Oh geez, Matt's not in the league anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's gonna take some while to get used to that. Who's uh who's replacing him, by the way? Do we know? Uh Brandon, probably. Jeez, of course it is. But Dude, anyway, my number three stack this year, Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney. Like you mentioned, you can get them both late. You can get fields extremely late. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're a fields believer in any way, and you're a believer in waiting, and I'm talking waiting on quarterback, you can fill out your whole roster. If you can get Mooney probably, what, round seven through yeah, nine? seven, maybe. eight. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, yeah. If you're, if you're thinking that's what you're going to do and fields is going to be your, your – yeah, you're going to have down weeks. You get Hopefully, we're not going to have the 60 yards, two interceptions fields <laughs> and 50 rushing yards where you get like seven points from him. Hopefully we're not there anymore, but in terms of stack wise, that has potential. And like you said, cheap, the Fields Mooney stack to me is is something extremely, um, what's the word? It's uh, exciting, but it's, uh, gosh, I can't think of the word. Like the potential. Yeah, it's a real real high risk reward. Yeah, that high risk, like extremely high risk but also extremely high reward. I mean, one 60-yard bomb, if those are your players and you've also got the likes of, that means you've waited on other, that means you've, you've stocked up hopefully with the top running backs, receivers, mm-hmm. or whatever your dynasty yeah. team. Like, like you could be sitting at one of those things hits at, in garbage time, you know, uh, and all of a sudden you, you've won for a week and or you've won a high points or you've yeah, yeah. edged somebody out because you're like, I'm getting crushed, and all of a sudden the Bears are playing – Sunday night and they are getting destroyed by the Rams, but Fields and Mooney connect on a garbage time 60-yard bomb, and then all of a sudden there you go, you've won. So that's why I brought that up. And and just to kind of go back to your point, uh, I like this Stafford and Cup, and I would almost probably put them maybe what, well, you know, you were like saying, well, I, if you were to switch out Russ and Sutton, I would personally, but at least the Stafford Cup quote-unquote stack, if you will, did has had at least one year of proven success. So I wouldn't dismiss your 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 call so easily on that one. Just, again, when it turns a stack, and I would get hopefully the, the comments and the texts and the stuff from this episode, what it, talk about what it is that people think a stack is. And, uh, you know, because for me, it just, the cup, cup staff, it just doesn't feel like a stack for some reason. I'm making fun of my stack, okay? I said I took them off my list. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm just going to keep making you – I'm going to keep piling on and driving you into the ground and tell you this is not a stack, Dan. I'm giving every, let's give everyone an opportunity to pile on you. Let's go back to Dak and Dalton Schultz here because I, I did say I liked it, but why isn't it Dak and CD? Because that's like – that's really the answer, and I did consider them in my top five too. Like, what's wrong with you? Explain yourself there. I am again, because <laughs> you fan, and I really want him to just come on as insane this year. Something tells me he's he's just going to be a little bit underwhelming. Uh, is it because he's way too skinny? He's the like, opposite of literally hundred pounds. We've <laughs> seen the pictures from OTAs or whatever it was, mini camps, but. Uh, there's just something in the tingling in the back of my bones that he's going to just be a little bit underwhelming of a player, maybe his whole career. Ooh, with so much, that's with so much that's hype that he had coming in there. I loved him opposite Mari Cooper and got all three of them together because you, I just, I, I just don't, I guess I just don't know if he's a clear cut number one. Guy like double coverage in my opinion on CD is going to work 
is going to shut him down. I just feel like there are too many times in it, this is going into his third year, I think. So I just I feel like he just he hasn't beaten enough. He hasn't just shown me enough where I'm just extremely confident in him being that number one guy. So yeah, the Dak CD stack is is a is 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 a stack that's out there and available. I think in terms of what we're talking about with these current right now, maybe Dallas. Yeah, I just I guess I don't really know what I'm saying about CD. There's just something in the back of my mind that tells me he's going to be underwhelming and he's not going unless until I see it, which I feel like I haven't seen. I've seen it in brief spurts going into the, this. Maybe this is the this year. You know, Amari's gone. He's like, I need to be the number one guy. It's the only way I'm going to be uh, take that next step is if I'm this guy, and I will show you why I'm this guy. And maybe he will now going forward after this year. But yeah, he is that guy. But I just, I just don't believe it right now. So I switch over to the Dalton Schultz because of Cooper's gone. Michael Gallup is coming off the injury, and Schultz had a pretty dang good year last year. Now, if Dalton Schultz, I'm not saying Dalton Schultz is necessarily like going to be the next good tight end or anything like that, because I feel like if he does leave Dallas, he's probably going to become irrelevant wherever he signs. If he gets some sort of decent contract, it's like, okay, I'm not going, I'm not going to follow Dalton Schultz or whatever team he goes on. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a good rapport with Dak. They love to throw the ball. Dak is, in my opinion, a great quarterback. 5,000 yard, 4,500 yard, 4,500 yard a year quarterback, 30 to 40 touchdown quarterback, Dalton Schultz. Somebody has to take up some of that slack. Who else is he going to be? I think he's going to be a little bit uh, forgotten in the for defenses to some extent. And I just think early on in that in the year, he's going to uh, succeed because of all those points that I, all the points that I make, we could be looking at, you know, week six, if Gallup's not back till then, and we could already be, Dalton Schultz could already have four touchdowns, you know, three, you know, 400 yards, something like that. And in my opinion, it, it would just, once you get another, once you get Gallup back in there, for any of these rookie receivers or what have you come on the scene. Uh, I don't know. I'm just excited about the prospect. This is kind of one of those one year, almost what I'm talking about with Russ and Sutton, where this could be, if you're looking for like this year, a boom for this year, I think Dak and Dalton Schultz easily could combine, combine for eight to a thousand, 10 touchdowns between the two. No, you're absolutely right. I just pulled up last year's stats just to see. And I totally forgot this. Dalton Schultz was tight end three last year. Oh, shoot. So yeah, you're... Thousand percent right. I take back what I said. No one pile on sneak because he's a hundred percent right. And didn't Schultz like miss time last year too? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just. I mean, I'm really no, didn't, but... about him being. I guess he, he's gonna. In my opinion, the number two until Gallup comes back. But again, kind of going back to the CD thing. I'm a, I'm a fan. I like him. He's cool. He's fun. I hope he's good. Something where I just haven't seen it yet. And if I don't see it this year, then I think he's going to turn out to be an underwhelming type player and hopefully not have one of those career trajectories that we were talking about earlier between like the AJ Brown, the DK mm-hmm. where it's like, when are you actually that guy or are you just a slight tier below that guy because you were drafted and you're acting like, and everyone's praising you, you're going to get paid to like that guy. But if you don't fully put it together with Dak and such a pass happy offense in the Cowboys, when, when do you put it together? I guess. You guys heard it here first. Be on CD Watch and uh, someone tell Wade because he's not listening. <laughs> yeah, Wade, you maybe should have accepted that three first, three first for a trade when I offered you four months ago. You dummy. Can't well, get that on the market now. The one, tell you. <laughs> should we talk about the one stack that uh, you're number two, my number one? Well, let's let's do let's do Andrews and Lamar first. Okay, and they're pretty similar, but. You know, we've seen lots of success from that stack for the past, what, two, three years since Lamar kind of, since his MVP season. I know that, yeah, there's criticism about his ability to throw, whatever, but Andrews has been uh, top three tight end in that stretch. He was the number one tight end last year. Part of that was, I think, uh, when Lamar missed time, Tyler Huntley targeted him a little more but even so there's a good connection there Hollywood Brown is gone 
I know that we're both big Rashad Bateman guys, but it's still Mark Andrews, number one target on that team, I think. And, you know, having, having that stack is maybe not, again, as high of a, a ceiling because of that passing offense. But because you have Lamar, you at least have the rushing floor. And then when Andrews blows up, you're fine. And then even if he doesn't blow up, you're still probably going to have a better tight end than most opponents in your league. So that's why I like that one a lot. Yeah. Again, one that I just, I didn't think of, not that I wouldn't say that because it doesn't strike me as a, a stack. I, uh, I, I would agree with all the points that you're making. Uh, you know, Jackson, you know, probably going to get that contract. I think Andrews got his contract last year. So, you know, when we, before we talk about Mahomes, Kelsey, who have been the, like the, the mm. stack for the last three, four five years, we could probably start to talk about Jackson Andrews being that if they if if both of their games elevate to that potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I guess this one's hard for me to analyze because I've never been the biggest Lamar Jackson fan. Obviously, I'm gonna have to be this year with my move to get Bateman and hoping he's gonna be uh, you know, a good receiver there. But you know, Andrews has always been a, a top tight end. Uh, and and I think if Lamar Jackson focuses on that a little bit more with him uh, and not maybe the run, maybe the running is, is losing. I guess I don't even know what I'm saying right now. I don't know how to talk about Jackson, uh, Lamar and uh, Lamar and, and Mark Andrews, I guess, in, in terms of stack. Um, I guess I'm kind of at a loss with this one. Yeah, I mean, again, it's like, I think this is kind of what you're talking about with what is a stack actually like, because they're not a high volume necessarily passing offense and you're not going to get like, like you mentioned, like the Stafford Megatron days of old, like that was like, clearly that's like the offense basically. Right. That's, I think that's what you're saying. Like when you consider a stack in a way, whereas with the Ravens, yeah, that's going to be the number one passing uh, um, connection. But Lamar's also going to run. They're also going to lean on the run, whether it is Dobbins or Edwards or whoever, right? They're still going to involve the running backs a lot. So I think that's where, again, I guess that's where my list kind of faltered or I didn't take into consideration as much the the ceiling. I was just going off of like past, like, connection we've seen it and then also the safety of I know that you know Lamar's not going to um just stop targeting Mark Andrews you know like it's they're always going to be connected in that way so oh yeah 100% agree there Lamar Jack never going to move away from Andrews he until Bateman or somebody supplants him he's the number one option in that offense so it could it begs itself to agree the fact that you're going to all you're going to uh, I don't know I just I don't know I don't I don't know I don't know what to think let's just move on to Mahomes and Kelsey I am ready to be sad so uh, go ahead lay it on me it's just it's just been the best stack for how long has Mahomes been the quarterback there now five years Four or five, yeah. I mean, ever since he came on the scene, it was it was Mahomes Kelsey, and Kelsey's been great for like eight years. It's just when you think when you think this is what you think of when you think about a stack in at least the, the last five years and the the you know the the length of the dynasty league basically and where we're at in football is like Mahomes Kelsey. And this year, uh, out of even maybe the last couple of years, with now the Tyreek Hill is gone. You would have to assume that Mahomes is going to even be more locked into Kelsey. Maybe that some, I don't, I guess I don't know how to put this. Well, do you think, I mean, I mean, I'm going to ask you the question then. Do you think because Kelsey now does, there's really no one else there as a, as a caliber of him, like when there was a Tyree Hill, do you think it's going to be, he's going to get more attention from Mahomes or do you think it's still going to be the same and he puts he puts it he he does even more with the targets and the op, the opportunities he gets. Or do you think defenses go beat us with anybody but Kelsey and maybe the stack dies this year? I guess 
for me, I just, I, I logic tells me he's going to get all the targets and that just by default has to turn that into continuing to be the best stack or do you think vice versa? Or yeah, here's, so I think Travis Kelsey is going to have a monster year. I think he's going to have a bunch of targets. I think he's going to obviously catch a lot of balls, score a lot of touchdowns. I think he's going to be great. I think that defenses will consider kind of keying in on him, just knowing how good he is and knowing the connection that him and Mahomes have. But there, you, you still can't like – you can't double team him with a safety because they still have um, speed on the outside, Nico Hardman, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So, you, like, you still have to respect that. Even if it's not Tyreek Hill, Mahomes will still chuck it over your head if you aren't, aren't playing to, you know – if you aren't at least trying to not let them take the, take the deep shot, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think there's only so much you can do. So I think where Kelsey operates in that middle of the field, those like deepish drags that like the little hooks that he runs, like that's going to be there regardless. So um, I think, yeah, he has a great year. I think Mahomes because Tyreek has gone has a little bit of a down year. I think the offense overall has a down year, but I think Kelsey's individual stats are still going to be monster. So does that make sense? I'm kind of like saying both things, but overall the stack is going to be strong just because you're going to have what I think is going to be the tight end one easily. And then Mahomes is still super good, even if he has a down-ish year. So mm-hmm. now quick question. If the Chiefs offense in whole struggles, Mahomes struggles or doesn't put up as big numbers or continues to maybe throw bad interceptions, whatever it may be, because of the Tyreek Hill absence and maybe, you know, them not really having that clear-cut number one receiver right now, will there be any talks out there that Mahomes needs like a legit receiver to be the Mahomes of the last five years? Do you think that that happens at all, even if there's a down year? Or is it just like that just doesn't get talked about? Do you think that's a possibility? I mean, I think if it if it looks pretty bad, like because he had a down year last year, he was still good, right? But there was all the talk about the cover two shell and how the league had figured him out and he was throwing a bunch of picks. But if it's worse than that, then I do think, yes, people are going to start talking because that's the nature of sports media whatever i mean yeah Um, just in general that's just how it goes but would you believe i guess you scum would you believe that well you you're the one who you've had mahomes or you've had kelsey forever and you had mahomes for like a year and a half or two years whatever it may be you got rid of them you're obviously in in the tank mode and Uh. the rebuild but did you see anything did you say well as or did you were you just like this is the time not even really Mahomes Kelsey factored into your tank. You're just like, well, I've got to do this. If, if I'm going to do this, I got to get rid of these two as well. But did you at all in the back of your mind think, well, maybe if I'm going to try again for a championship, this maybe the Mahomes and Kelsey because of the lack of Tyree kill now, will not so much Kelsey. I, I guess the, I guess the point I'm making here is that Kelsey is going to be Kelsey. It doesn't matter who his quarterback is or what's there because he did it before Mahomes and Tyree kill. Right. Yeah, with Alex Smith. But with Mahomes, do you personally believe that if you see a a down year, you know, even I don't know what's a down year, 15, 20 rated quarterback, if that's even possible for Mahomes, are you saying like, whoa, he needs to have that legit receiver? Because if not, then he's kind of panics out there and doesn't know what to do. I mean, that's kind of crazy to say about Mahomes, but I guess this is what we're part of the sports media. So we talk crazy, right? This is true. (laughs) This is true. I feel like right now I believe in Mahomes enough and I feel like he's shown enough where I wouldn't doubt him. I like there was years, maybe like Aaron Rodgers wasn't that low um, or Tom Brady, for example, but like they had lower production years, right? But no one ever doubted them um, or said they needed a receiver. It was just kind of like a product of like, they don't have help, but it's not that the receivers were, we're making them. Does that make sense? Like, I still wouldn't doubt. I don't think I doubt Mahomes as a quarterback. I'd just say like, oh, you know, they're. I don't know. Does that make sense? Like, 
Yeah, I would. I was going to pretty much say the same thing. I wouldn't doubt Mahomes. I would kind of be like, oh, dang, like that sucks or hmm. But I think I would still be I, I, I would still I wouldn't say, well, you know, Mahomes sucks without a number one receiver. He's someone he's he's someone to not even think about or whatever. I think I, I think he's. We see a down year and my my reaction is going to go. Well, he's still an amazing quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Really to worry about that because you don't have that mentality with the middle range quarterbacks and what and their revolving room, receiving rooms and their up and down years here and there. There's like you could almost you could I guess no, I don't know we're gonna get too far into it. I mean I was gonna say like you could maybe almost say something like that about a a Dak. I guess you know Amari Cooper's gone. Gallup's gonna be hurt. If he if if that offense sputters and comes out and be like, okay, CD Lamb's getting doubled, Dak doesn't have anyone to throw to, he's throwing a bunch of picks, he's he sucks without having like three top 30 receivers. I don't know. I guess you can make that argument really about anybody, but just Mahomes Kelsey, you're just like that's in my opinion, that's like the, the, the number one tier of stacks. And like those, that's always gonna be good. But if it, for some reason it's not, you're gonna go away from one of them and then you're just not but we're predicting i'm predicting it's still going to be the number one stack this year by sheer volume and yeah. skill and the chiefs and the whole bit you're projecting as number two so we're not believing these skepticism but i think we're just bringing it up because we're just in ramble mode <laughs> well the one thing too that we've been talking about for the duration of the show right is when does travis kelsey fall off both of us do not think that it is this year, but could it be? Sure. I mean, he's 30, what, 32, I think. You know, there there eventually will be a point when it happens. Um, so, and to um, the fall-off can happen pretty steep, especially if injuries start creeping in, which Travis Kelsey hasn't had too much um, of an injury history, but I'm thinking of, of our guy, Julio Jones, who still had a great season like three years ago or something. And then um, that foot thing that had been a little problem before just kind of crept back. And now he's not even on a team, you know? So it happens fast is my point. And I don't want it to happen to Travis Kelsey. I'm still a big fan. And again, I don't think it is, but that time is going to come sooner rather than later so that's the other thing to consider oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah is that our is that our episode of stacks on stacks on stacks on stacks on stacks on stacks you want to throw i know you had a couple of other fun names just to kind of like put out there you want to do that because i think again it goes back to that thing that we talked about of like cheaper stack options so do you have some fun ones out there for the people uh, you could maybe make a case for Devonta Adams, Derek Carr. I was together. It's one of those uh, things where you could say, "Well, is this gonna is this gonna be a Russ Wilson, Corlin Sutton? Is this gonna be the Rodgers and Devonta of old? Is this gonna be what?" So that's one of those mysteries out there. I had a fun, silly one because we seem to always somehow talk about Jalen Hurts and everything. I was going to say <laughs> first, and just running the ball, <laughs> like he's their number one running back. He would, in my opinion, would much rather run it than throw it. I don't like any of the Philly receivers because of that alone. You know, he's he acts like he's some big special guy when all he just does is out there and running. So if you want to be, if you want to get a, you know, have a good running back, go after Jalen Hurts. What about what about Kyler Murray and Rondell Moore? The short stack. The short stack. Ooh, I like that little uh, pancake action. One that I really do like, though, and kind of similar to the Devontae Adams, Derek Carr one, I I like Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins. Like, obviously, Justin Jefferson is going to be your first-round pick. But I think Kirk Cousins is, like, a sneaky, valuable quarterback. He's, like, I would always end up with Phillip Rivers in drafts. Not, I mean, obviously, because I'm a Chargers fan, but because he was always, like, drafted, like, quarterback, like, 15 to 20, but always ended up around, like, quarterback 12. And I think that's mm-hmm. like Kirk Cousins. So you get value there. And yeah, obviously having Jeff, Justin Jefferson is super fun, but that's a fun stack. That is a fun stack. I I could really uh, go off the rails here and go Davis Mills, Brandon Cooks. Mm. 
that's a cheap one. That's a, a waiver wire one for sure, at least on the Davis Mills side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think we've handled, uh, I don't know, is Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen considered a stack? Yeah, I, th- I think I considered them, but I think there's just too much Mike Williams too to be like, yeah, they're you're super confident that they're gonna like key in. I mean, obviously, obviously, we're gonna the Super Bowl this year, the Chargers are, and Justin Herbert's gonna be the MVP of the season, but he's just gonna be slinging it, he's gonna be hitting Mike Williams deep, he's gonna be converting every third down with Keenan Allen. Josh Palmer is going to have a breakout season. Uh, Gerald Everett's going to have another also breakout season. It's just going to be nuts, but too many options to to really zero in on a specific. Like I mean, you could say Aaron, you could say Aaron Rodgers and hating his family. So this is true, or himself. Yeah, or like Aaron <laughs> Rodgers and weird man. ethereal weirdness. <laughs> you could say Tom Brady and not hanging out with his family. Yeah. Said, you could say, said I'm gonna retire. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Brady and hating his kids. Yep. Uh I mean we could go into Deshaun Watson, but we probably shouldn't. You could go. Ugh. That's we're gonna I don't know. When do we talk about that? How do we even talk about that? I don't know. It's uh, not this day. We about, it is about, not this day. What about Daniel Jones and other teams secondaries? Yeah, or Daniel Jones and uh, the Turf Monster. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what we do here at the Scum and Snake Show. We provide you with top-notch, grade-A fantasy advice and analysis, and as well as the, the comedy to get you, get you through your work day. But it's uh, coming to you late this week. Mm. Well, that's all I got for stats, Young. What about you? That's all I got, too. Um, Fun one, fun talk, I think. And again, I am definitely going to try and target some stacks. I'm not going to tell you guys actually which one, but I think, yeah, it's just obviously I think the takeaway is like don't reach for them because that's silly, right? You want there to be value. That's what we talked about, the cheap ones, because like if I go into rounds one and two and take, I don't know, who would do that? I guess Mahomes and Kelsey. Like, yeah, that's fine. But now my now I'm going, I have to go zero RB basically, which mm-hmm. is, which is dumb. So hard to reach for that. Or even like, um, if I want to do Russ and Cortland, right. But I really want to hammer that in. Like I have to go Cortland in like round four or five and Russ round like six or seven, but yeah, you know, I think, I think I love what you're saying there in terms of the value and where you could get it. That stack is like probably the weirdest one to draft because you kind of have to go after it quick, quick. Right. And if, that's the hard, and I mean, I'm calling for it to be a great stack. Don't get me wrong, but if it isn't, then you kind of handicapped your team in a redraft because you've gone, you've had to go get Cortland Sutton probably as your number two receiver. And you're like, well, I got to get Russ before he's not there. And so you have to go maybe a round or two earlier than what you would like to on a quarterback, at least of that top 10 quarterback. So, yeah, I think it's going to be great. I don't I think if you do that, you're hoping for the huge payoff. But it is a weird draft spots for them to where if it doesn't happen, you're like, uh oh, uh -oh, big. And I, I don't I don't even want to call it a high risk, high reward because. I don't want to say there's any risk there. Yeah, we don't think it's risky, but but if it doesn't hit, then you're just it's then you're gonna be middle. Still gonna, of the you're path. still gonna be That's good. I think yeah. you're still Russ is still gonna be good. He's still gonna be a good quarterback and fantasy wise, and I think Portland as well. But in terms of like that going after that stack, like it's I don't want to talk about it anymore. Stack, I'm just gonna make myself convince myself it's not gonna be good because you have to draft both of them probably in the first six rounds. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. To to ensure that you do it because you could easily get sniped on either one of them, like if you're not. Because in reality, the the if we're talking Mahomes and Kelsey as a number one, number one, or in your term, number two stack, and you're drafting both them in the first six rounds, you probably feel fine about it because of the history sure. there. Sure. But sure, there yeah. is a little bit of unknown because of it all being new. And it's like if this for some reason doesn't happen, then it's like okay, I I I could have just waited on quarterback and gotten Kirk Cousins like five rounds later. And mm-hmm. probably been fine, <laughs> right? But in terms of stack, this is a stack. Ep- this is the stack episode. We're not talking about any of those other variables. 
go get it because it's going to be good, especially week one because Russ is throwing seven touchdowns. Big stack there. Oh, man. Well, that was fun. Yeah, I can't wait till you and I race and reached way too early for the Fields Mooney snack, stack, 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 snack, snack, yeah. Oh, the snack, snack, snack. But anyway, take us out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, heavily on the, I think this was one of those episodes heavy on the redraft where, but that's what we're, we're all about. We don't want to have anyone, any of our fantasy listeners out there, you know, left in the dust. But, uh, once again, this is the scum and sneak show signing off for another episode. Stay tuned as training camps come on, keep your eyes glued to the screens. People football is upon us. I think we're about 50 or so days away from that week one Thursday. We're all salivating. And uh, love you. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.